Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. One of the things I have loved most in my 25-year recruiting career has always been the stories that people tell. Stories of leadership, career choices, company ideas, and team building. My inspiration for starting the What Fuels You podcast came from being curious about people's lives and wanting to help share their stories. What path brought them to this place? What decisions did they make that led to failures and successes? Who influenced those decisions and what lessons were learned along the way? I hope you enjoy the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Yadu Gopalan. Yadu is the CEO and co-founder of Esper, the DevOps platform for intelligent edge devices. Esper is helping thousands of enterprise customers manage their device fleets with the first DevOps enterprise-grade functionality with the ability to scale. Yadu has over 25 years and 35 patents in embedded systems and security. Code he has built helps run over 100 million devices globally. He has held engineering leadership roles over the years, including owning systems engineering for Amazon, designing backend solutions for Fire OS, and serving as the chief architect of Microsoft Windows CE. Yadu spends his free time recharging by hiking in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome, Yadu. So good to see you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Your story is so impressive. I'm going to start hitting you, though, out of the gate with some rapid fire questions. Excellent. Okay. So what three words would you use to describe your leadership style? Patient, um, accessible, and enabler are kind of my keywords. Um, I love to have like kind of the uh, patience to, for people to grow. We hire all these great people, um, let them blossom, um, have kind of that room and space. Um, accessible, I'm very, I mean, I walk around and I talk to, get on, hop on Zoom with everyone and try to be kind of understand the heart of the company and yeah. how we're doing. And then enabling them. And they kind of, I want to uh, get them to be uplifted and um, be able to be most successful that they can be. Yeah. Whenever I'm talking to entrepreneurs and we do talk about like getting out of people's way and not trying to do their job for them, it's like, if we're paying them to do a job, we hired them for a reason, get out of the way and enable them to to shine. Yeah. That's important. Um, I'm sure that you're going to have people stay with you for a long time for that. Uh, What is your dream hiking spot? Like if you could go hike anywhere. Oh, um, so, um, I'm a big science fiction fantasy buff and um, I used to read Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And I uh, um, watched Lord of the Rings and since then I've gone, wanted to go to New Zealand and do a bunch of hikes there and stuff like that have not been, I know many people have done it, but it has not been the same. One of these days I'll do it. I know. Yeah. Are you a golfer also? Um, golfer. Yeah. I, w- I have not done much recently. Unfortunately, that's a, a, yeah. a getting four hours out. Um, I used yeah. to try to do speed golf in the morning where you don't know, oh, that's the, awesome. Yeah, the par threes. Yeah, well, if you go to New Zealand, you can do both. So kill two birds with one stone. Um, okay, what is the most recent thing that you've had fun tinkering with? I read that you like to tinker. So, I mean, I have um, like lots of projects I'd love to do. Um, uh, haven't done much recently because work has kind of preoccupied uh, me continuously. But the last project I was working on was um, I got this board that I wanted to do something with. And I decided I would do a weather measurement, um, kind of a rain measurement thing on, outside. That was kind of a fun project. Um, usually it's something like I have something I want to try to learn about. 
um, some technology and then incorporate it into something fun. Yeah. I love that curiosity. It's amazing. Okay. So is there an app, a favorite app that you can't live without? Um, I think right now it's my calendar, unfortunately. Yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> are you on are you on Google or, or Office? I'm on Google. Um, oh. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We're an Android company. So what is the first thing that you look for on a menu when you're at an Indian food restaurant? Um like um I mean I'm vegetarian, so that's one thing. So I have to kind of find some stuff, but um I try to find like stuff that's not available in most Indian restaurants. Unfortunately, like every like, Indian restaurants are pretty standardized here. And so when I go on a trip to India, I really enjoy eating the food that I can't get. Yeah. Um, so uh, like, what's the item? Because I love Indian so, food and my so Indian friends this, always tell me. What yeah. So eat. there's this, um, it's, a, it's from, from the state of Kerala. Um, it's, it's the hand-pressed rice noodles and this coconut curries. Oh, a different and the coconut Thai. curry is my favorite. Yeah, it's different from, different tasting from the Thai coconut curry. So it's really amazing. Um, and um, you don't get this on that many. And so I'd stay at a hotel when I go to bang, our Bangalore office and I pretty yeah. much eat it all the time when I'm there. Yeah, so. I saw that your Bangalore office is on fire, like just growing yes. so fast. Are you there all the time? Um, have not been well, COVID is like a whole COVID, so I yeah. used to go there at least three to four times a year and spend maybe a month um, 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 at a time sometimes um, I have not been able to in the, since August uh, 2019 um, I'm planning to make a trip this December so I just booked my yeah. tickets on the flight uh, things are starting to open up I guess yeah okay so my other question is are you an introvert or an extrovert I am uh, I was an introvert um, and it depends on the situation. So if it's technology work related and an extrovert. Um, but if it's home, uh, if it's like groups that I don't know or not kind of have a co common this thing I'm, I, I'll go to the corner and kind of hide. Yeah. Um, so it de really depends on the, the space where I am. Yeah, I think COVID's been interesting for that because I've been always like an extreme extrovert. I probably tested off the charts on that. And I do get a lot of energy from people. And I, I think I just never had the option to not. And then COVID, I was like, I'm kind of loving just chilling and not having so much. And then now that we're back a little, I'm realizing I'm maybe an ambivert, like a little bit of both. <laughs> um, okay, so you started to get into this, but what are the average work weeks looking for you these days? Average hours? I don't really have a like a balanced uh, lifestyle right now. Um, I go to bed about like maybe try to get um, get to bed about twelve o'clock um, and um, wake up at five o'clock with the new time zone. I think I got up today at four o'clock, um, uh, but it's um, really um, it like I'm I'm working pretty much like on my computer looking at stuff at work and then I have breaks in between yeah. to do something. Uh, how is that, how is that for your team? Is that create a culture of, you know, especially in COVID too, there's a lot of discussion around. So what I try balance. to be very conscious that I'm not sending, like during those time, I'm not interacting with the team. You're so, not getting a 3am email. So I don't, I don't try to like send off mail. Uh, so it's my life. It's my life. This thing that's right. It's, I'm mean, like, encourage people not to follow me uh, on this thing. It's like, that's what I enjoy. I mean, yeah. this is, this is yeah. my passion. Um, it's my, um, it's at the right the time. I like I did the startup at the right time in my life. 
um, where I can, uh, I'm an empty nester now. Yeah. Um, I can, uh, my wife has a career as a physician. Um, and so hopefully we, she's working the night shift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, so it's, um, it's, uh, it's something that I do. And I'm very conscious of like sending uh, mail uh, very early. There are people who say good morning very early. I try to not to be part of the, uh, like, I want to make sure. Yeah, like, that's I'm doing smart. The normal, normal time. Um, um, yeah, um, that's uh, smart. I'm sure those those middle of the night hours are more kind of uh, spent working uh, on the business and not necessarily in the business. So I use I also yeah. use that opportunity to go talk to the idea team. It's daytime for them. Um, uh, oh, perfect. Yeah, but I do think that is a gift. We we all want those like 48 hour days instead of 24 because all day long you're in meetings, you're sending yeah. emails, and it's like, well, I need time, like thinking time also. Exactly, exactly. It's, yeah. uh, um, and some yeah. of my work is just reading about other technology or reading about other companies. Hasn't Sometimes has, um, has nothing to do with maybe expert self. Right. Is, is trying to figure out kind of um, what what should we be looking at or what we're worried about. It's yeah, a, how, to, it's, how to stay ahead. And so when, how old were you when you first got interested in, technology and tinkering and all these things that kind of define you these days. Yeah, so um, it goes back to um, my, uh, my parents came to the U.S. as graduate students um, in the 70s, um, and we were kept, went to Maine, so we're right next to a university town, Orono, um, and I had the opportunity to actually have all that available to me. So I, um, another graduate student friend of my parents actually taught me programming when I was in fifth grade, um, got access to a mainframe. Uh, like the, I, I would go on the weekends and have the whole mainframe kind of to myself and be um, um, writing and writing like little games, etc. And, and kind of things. So I got started super early. Um, had that, like my dad would show me how the electron microscope would work, and we'd go put insects underneath it and go check out what they look like. Um, and so, and how, how did your dad learn that? What does he do? Um, he's a, he's um, he's a professor in chemical engineering, or retired professor now in chemical engineering. Both, both my parents are, uh, are uh, retired chemical engineering professors. Um, so, wow! Uh, and did they want you to pursue academia, or are they like, what's this thing you're pursuing? Uh, absolutely. I mean, initially, I mean, the, they they like I started a, went on the master's PhD track, uh, kind of with that expectation and. Um, I did not complete my PhD. I dropped out after the first year. Um, yeah. Like I didn't really want to get, um, so I was kind of on that path. Um, and then took a, a, a hard break. Um, and I actually did a startup while I was doing my um, PhD. And that was my first experience in a um, startup. Um, and that was um, uh, with another friend of mine who was very much alike and built a product, didn't know what to do with it. And so yeah. um, then I went did, did that friend stay on that trajectory of like the startup um, life? No, it was just more, we just were like, didn't, it was like, we were not in the right place. Like if you're not in Silicon Valley yeah. or something like that, it's like it was, um, it was really kind of uh, understanding the ecosystem. Uh, yeah. So kind of, we just kind of stopped, um, stopped that. I got out of graduate school and then joined Microsoft. And yeah. Came, uh, so, so, so in your, if you had to look back and think about your childhood, I guess, who influenced you? Were there teachers along the way or your parents, your grandparents? Um, the, my parents, to, um, to a lot of extent, they were like, they, they were um, um, kind of showed how, like what, uh, like learning um, is really important. And they were really good at like even um, getting me into non-traditional um, learning. Um, the other one is my, like my grandfather at that time was also, he had three engineering degrees. Wow. Um, and so at that age and at that time, and so it, it's um, kind of come from a background of like people who 
uh, take uh, education and academia uh, super yeah. seriously. It's so interesting to think yeah. about like the nature versus nurture thing. Like, are you this way because it's like in your DNA or just because you had that exposure? I had that exposure. I think, I mean, um, I was talking about like when I was growing up, I was like bored uh easily and um it's um i'm glad i had the ability to kind of latch on to like all these interesting things that i had access to yeah um, yeah so and then you went on and you studied you started to get into it you got your master's degree in undergrad in electrical uh, electrical, engin engineering, electrical uh, engineering yeah but um i like programming a lot and i it's uh, but i like to i want to understand what, what computers are made of mm. um, and how they're built and so i did electrical engineering and um and but my first job was actually just a co uh, um, a programming job at Microsoft. And yeah, I saw that. So they just, they came on campus and recruited off that campus and brought you to Seattle? No, I did. Uh, I came over to, I flew over to Seattle. Um, and that's when I fell in love uh, with Seattle. And uh, I grew up in Maine. Oh, I thought you were going to say with your wife. I'm like, let's talk about that. <laughs> no, no, I just, it was it was still uh, single back then, and I came um, over, and I wow, it was amazing. It um, I was lucky enough for someone. It was June, you know, how it is in Seattle. And um, I was staying at the Hyatt, and someone took me all the way up to the penthouse just to give me this 360 view of uh, of uh, the thing. And I said, okay, I'm moving here. You're in. That yeah. And that. you ended up staying at Microsoft for 20 years, which um, oftentimes as a recruiter, you know, sometimes those resumes are uh, totally, frankly, like frowned upon in the startup world. Like, oh, they're too set in their ways. And are they, they haven't actually done the work. They've just overseen the work. Have you heard these sentiments? Yeah. I've heard that. I mean, oh, Microsoft, that's old school. Uh, yeah. And I, I hear that a lot. Um, I think... Um, well, it's, it's changed, obviously, Satya, but like, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, that was the sentiment. That, that was, um, but the interesting thing is when I joined, I joined right before like Windows 95, and it was pretty small back then, very nimble. And I saw Microsoft explode in, kind of in front of me and become this big behemoth. Um, it is, and um, I'm glad to see kind of like them kind of getting back into what more of a nimble model and kind of being able to accept the rest of the world and what's happening outside. And so mm -hmm. it's pretty exciting to see what they're going to be able to, uh, they're doing and they're going to be able to continue to do. And what are your biggest takeaways from your experience working there? And what are, what are you, I guess, most proud of um, as far as your contribution? Um, it's... Um, so I joined, um, 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 when I joined, I was like, joined this operating systems group. Um, we were writing this little embedded operating system called Windows CE, and we were able to kind of uh, like run our own destiny for a long time. And, and that, that's a um, key thing. And they, they actually gave us space for all these engineers and to be able to kind of uh, define a lot of the things. Although uh, there was a lot of people and it grew from 10, 10, 20, 30 but it was it was an amazing time at that um, at it was like not a startup. I mean, well, but uh, it had the aspect of like we were pretty close. Right, because the group that you were in was more innovative and yeah. And so, how did you decide to leave and make that move, um, especially Amazon of all places? Like, I need to get something else, some other culture. And so, I'm so I'm really glad I went to Amazon. Um, it was probably the best um, change for me because it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, um, one of the things is like in, in when you're not in Microsoft, you didn't get exposure to all that this this open source Linux, all these things, even Android, all these things that were happening at the same time. You're like so insular. Um, yeah. And um, um, at Amazon, I got a lot of exposure there. Um, the one of the key things I like um, in Amazon is like they they have this like whole culture of like managers and leaders. There's a really kind of a great way of looking at 
projects and how you dive deep. I know you inspect. Um, so learn, 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 not just working on the project, like I worked on Amazon Bill and all these cool uh, projects, but it's also like, how do you build teams? How do you mm -hmm. kind of get teams to kind of um, build amazing products? And so, yeah. um, the best of both worlds. I mean, there's people will com complain. There's a lot of things, but there's great things to be had and learn from each of these great companies. Well, yeah, I mean, they've obviously done something right. They're both extremely successful and have such um, unique yeah. cultures. And to get a little sampling of both okay. is is a great foundation for what you're doing now. Um, what, I guess, have you taken away from those two companies as far as the culture of both and, and what resonated most as far as what feels genuinely like you? They have people that are who are really have a high sense of accountability and high, high sense of like ownership um, and and like I hate micromanaging and um, I want people to be able to kind of run with it and kind of and that's and that's key um, and that, that was like whether it was the early days of Microsoft or even in in um, one of their leadership principles at Amazon but that seems like a really good um, like a place to start um, and the the key thing is like we um, um, I want people who think like they're what they're doing is um, like it matters. Like, it yeah. matters. It's an art. Uh, they mm -hmm. want to improve themselves. They want to improve their skill set. Um, they're passionate about it. Um, and, and it's from kind of like how I am. It's like mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about it. Well, clearly you're tinkering with things and measuring <laughs> rain. You're a curious person for I'm sure. Curious person. So there's yeah. people who are curious. Um, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be engineering. It's a, it's yeah, a marketing I did. Tool. I had a client once who was really into finding people who are curious. And one guy, he was like, not going to hire. And then as the guy walked out, something about um, brewing uh, beer on yeah. his own at home and that he got really into it and passionate. He was like, done, I'm hiring you. And I thought that was interesting. That's exactly it. I, I mean, like uh, um, these days, you don't, you don't talk about personal life and stuff, but I want to understand what drives people. Totally. Uh, so. Don't you mean what fuels them? Yeah, what fuels them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And so what, what kind of advice, Yadu, would you give someone who's sitting at Amazon or sitting at Microsoft and they've got this idea, they see a problem that needs to get solved, and they just don't have the, you know what, um, I guess, courage to go out on their own. Um, what were you thinking about entrepreneurship and, and how is it the same or different than what you expected? Um, the, the main thing is like, I think, um, start with what you're strong in and then, um, then you can grow. I mean, that should be kind of your core competency that you bring to the table. Um, don't like be really genuine, uh, early, um, this thing and then, or, and then complement it with other, like other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah. Uh, I read that your co-founder has like very complementary skill very sets. Complimentary. Were you intentional about going out and trying to find, the complementary skill sets or did you find the person and then realize um so i was ideating that like doing a startup because i knew it was right um so i'm just saying at that like i was talking to friends of mine who were very much like me and i said okay i've done that same thing long back it didn't work so it, it it's kind of trying to find um, people who can come because it's going to be the first couple of years i've got like I'm not going to kind of get it like it could be really brutal because as you're trying to get product market fit and you're going from zero to nothing, um, um, you need people who a who are complimenting you, who are very supportive, who can kind of have your back. Um, and so it's it's really kind of key that on who you can trust. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, and then the first people I hired were people I knew. Um, um, uh, some, I reached back 10, 15 people. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and always, kind of- always a good place to start. And but- so when you're, when you're trying to find product market fit, I think that when you have like a consumer facing company, it's a little easier when it's a company that's in DevOps, like I had to watch a little video. We, we recruit for DevOps, by the way, a lot. And I always I'm like, oh yeah, DevOps. But like, I couldn't explain it, which means like, how do you even look for product market fit? Um, what was the problem you were trying to solve? And maybe from your words, what is DevOps? Well, De- DevOps is kind of how you accelerate your kind of that's continuous improvement. And instead of having a developer and an operations and kind of separate that out, kind of combine where software is a um, kind of streamlining software development and how it gets deployed and get to the hands of whoever your customers are and kind of be able to uh, spin that wheel faster and faster and faster. And it creates like a set of efficiencies along the way. The, the stuff that we do is tool and infrastructure in order to have teams be able to do that in a streamlined process. And, um, the, and it's not something that we're doing new um, in the, like DevOps is not new. DevOps is being used in the cloud and how AWS or somebody deploying any product these days, SaaS product out there is using it. What's um, new is, is trying to do this for edge devices. Um, like mm-hmm. edge devices are devices like a self-service kiosk where a touch device sitting in a restaurant or in a hotel. Right. Well, you're serving all sorts of different industries. I mean, yeah. I read education, yeah. retail, restaurants, transportation, logistics, hospitality, healthcare. How do these different companies um, utilize Esper? Like in what, I, that I couldn't translate. Yeah, so the common thing they have is they're deploying some device at the edge, um, whether it's for hospitality, whether it's for healthcare, telemedicine, um, or in a hospital. And what's common is uh, imagine like your, your, all your team and software team is somewhere and you have these devices distributed, not just around the country, maybe around the world. How do you get software on there reliably? How do you mm. get a monitor that your software is behaving correctly day to day? Like if you're in a restaurant, the people in the restaurant are not going to have any idea if something goes wrong or how to change something. It's like, you got to do it all from your home office or your development team. And COVID kind of exemplifies this. You're in your home. And you need to go, and you're, you're tasked with deploying software uh, to uh, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 devices that's right. worldwide. Um, so how do you do that? Yeah. How did you learn, you know, you're a first-time CEO, first-time founder. How did you learn how to, um, like, you know, fundraise and all the steps of kind of how to put out a product, how to pivot? Is the company the same today as it was when you first started? Um, no. I mean, it's like the product is mostly kind of, we've evolved the product, but how our messaging, what do we kind yeah. of, what do we lead with? Um, our website has gone through multiple revisions. Our catch, our kind of catchphrase or whatever we, how we describe. DevOps for device is actually something that came a little bit later. I'm like, okay, that's what we, that's because well, it's much more of a net net. Like here's the bottom line of what we do. Bottom line. So we were like, we <laughs> have to learn a lot. I mean, yeah. I think, we were, I remember, I mean, pitching was something that I had to grow into um, definitely. And um, I'm, I have an amazing set of investors who have coached me during each phase on um, how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and then like, I remember being in board meetings early on and we would try to come up with a new 
like a one sentence way to explain our product. Uh, and it was like a different one every board yeah, meeting. Yeah, the elevator pitch. Of elevator course. pitch that we could never ever like get. Um, it was yeah. took us a while. Um, yeah. and, and and the thing is, our product is complex and infrastructure product. So it took us a while to kind of build up the product. In the meantime, we could kind of get um, like talk to customers, kind of get that little right. um, uh, feedback loop and continue to improve. Uh, yeah, it's much uh, easier to get an elevator pitch when it's measurable and clear, like, oh, we're building the Uber for blah, blah. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Exactly. You know, but yeah, DevOps can be a little bit more complicated. So speaking of fundraising, you have now raised $100 million. Um, The most recent C round was $60 million, right? Yes. And so um, I guess that sounds like a lot of money. Is it because you are going to be hiring or like, what is the money being used for? We are, I mean, we are hiring. We will, I think, I think we could easily double um, in a lot of areas of our teams um, in the next year. Um, it, it's, um, it's about kind of getting a lot more talented people continue to differentiate ourselves in the product. So engineering teams, but also to kind of get the word out. We're still a startup. There's a lot mm. of people who need the solution, who need to know that we, um, half of something for them. Um, um, yeah. And, and with, speaking of uh, growing and scaling, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they want to come join your team, um, what makes somebody successful at Esper? Like, is there a common thread among the team of like, we need to replicate this person? It's, um, it's very self-motivated. I mean, somebody who can kind of be kind of um, a startup like can be um, uh, like move at the pace um, uh, and and be able to kind of manage that their time manage their um, I think we don't want people to burn out we want but and, but at the same time we want people to kind of um, um, like uh, be um, be able to kind of take on these tasks and be able to yeah. kind of and bring a lot of what they can like uh, we want uh, that's the key thing about start we want energy we want ideas we want mm-hmm. I think that kind of will make us what like to the next level. Okay, so tell me, Yadu, about the interview process uh, at Esper and um, how you go about thinking about, you know, attracting the best talent. So one of the key things is like we want to make people feel at ease and comfort, uh, comfort, comfortable and make sure that we can kind of bring what um, like their most important qualities um, that they would bring to Esper um, and try to highlight those. Um, we don't want this to be kind of a pro- big process. Um, and the key things that we look for is like the level of like, do they bring a passion uh, to the job at their career, their career and what they want to, they want to get something out of it too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really important. And like, are they looking, are they curious? Are they looking at other, how they improve? Um, are they looking at other things? Is there something else that they are interested in? Just similar to way, like how I like to tinker and kind of experiment things. Are they doing other things? It can be completely unrelated. Um, yeah. that, that's really important to us. Great. Yeah. And how are you going about um, thinking through your diversity and inclusion strategy to make sure that there's, you know, enough women and just everyone is represented. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very um, conscious about that. Um, we have a great um, um, uh, senior director of HR who's like kind of uh, is running kind of a DI that um, uh, the diversity and inclusion campaign. Um, we're, we look at where like skill sets that we, we have a good shot of like um, um, the thing where we can hire diverse talent. 
Um, and so it's actually, it's important to me. Um, I think like it, it um, even comes back uh, from like how I grew up and my, like my, both my parents are like PhD mm -hmm. and uh, they have the very similar, the thing. So I, um, it's, it's kind of key that that can be um, kind of reflected in the company too. Mm -hmm. And if someone's listening in there, I guess in pretty much any industry, because you cover a lot, um, what is the business model and, and how does your, what are the different offerings? I read that there's free, essential, pro and enterprise. How does, how does someone pick like where they belong and like what they should do it, to partner yeah, with so you? It, it's really about the scale of the company. I mean, that we are, how many devices that they have. Um, and um, we want, like, if you're a startup or you're just trying it out, we want you to come in and learn the platform, get used to it, whether it's your first device, your 10th device, and kind of um, um, get um, your platform and get your devices onboarded. And then um, over a hundred or somewhere, somewhere around there, when you're ready, uh, when you really want to scale, um, you know, I, I, we want to talk to you. And then at that point in time, you decide like where the kind of level of support and level of um, um, like, are, are you going to be 2,000 devices capped? Or are you going to be 10,000? Are you going to be 100,000? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be a million? We have a customer yeah. that might go to a million in a couple of years. And so um, it's really um, about um, how and we want to grow with you. And that's key to us. And that's really important. Um, and collect uh, like customer obsession is kind of one of those values that is ingrained into us. And we will, like if the customer succeeds, not just using Esper, overall, how they deploy, how they do this thing. Um, who was your first customer? Can you say that? Like the one that you're like, holy shit, we're onto something. This is great. And they re-upped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we actually have not churned. Um, so that, that's amazing. Uh, all, they start of, and then they never leave. Yeah, they, they, I mean, and that's key. That's really important because as customers deploy more, more and more devices, um, we, we, we do well. So we want them to like, we're like all in on yeah. their, uh, there's alignment there for sure. So, and so definitely, um, um, like there's early customers that have grown from, like we have a company called Spire Health, um, and that came on with like only about 120 um, or uh, 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 100 devices or so. And over the next, last couple of years, they, they're over 4,000 devices. Oh my goodness. Uh, so that's really important to us. And that's, um, that's kind of like, that's very um, um, kind of common theme. I'm, like, yeah. I'm all it's, a, it's a great indication of the problem that you're solving being a real one and people needing it. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And so you said that you've picked great investors. Um, did you have to deal with a lot of people saying no? And um, where are those people now? Are they coming knocking at the door and you're like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> door is closed. Um, definitely in the, um, obviously in the seat. Say, so, I mean, we had, we had to kind of, kind of go pitch this idea. Um, but, um, but in the Series A, I think um, I was traveling. I think I spent up 30, 40 days in hotel rooms in the Bay Area. Um, 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 in the, in the, in all, it, I should have just stayed in our backyard. I just go to talk to Madonna. Um, and they, I'm, I'm so glad that they invested. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely, but the other rounds have been actually pretty quick. Um, like I think the Series B was 14 days total from start to finish. Wow. Um, and then I did not actually do a fundraise for Series C. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. um, and I think, but yes, there is definitely companies who come back um, who, uh, say, who are interested and some companies we've just kind of be, gone beyond where their mm -hmm. comfort zone is on far as um, like um, uh, uh, the, the amount of money or whether they're early stage. Yeah. 
Was anybody giving you advice in the early days on how to pick um, partners as far as investors and board members? Definitely. I mean, I, I have a ton of like advisors um, that are part, part of my uh, kind of um, circle. And the investors themselves, they have been absolutely credible in, in kind of helping me kind of guide the uh, guide my way um, to kind of like, I should talk to this person. Actually. Yeah, well, they're probably very, very pleased with the results and, um, you know, doubling down on you. And so what are the long term plans for the business? What, what are your goals? And when will you feel like uh, even more successful? Um, it, so, like one of my teams, like going is like is is building this enduring company. We want to build this company that's kind of is a not just product and this amazing DevOps product and this category builder product, and then um, lots of people are and lots of devices are on on our platform. But it's also a, um, about kind of a, for people to come in and join us and grow um, and change, try different roles out. Um, and can kind of get their careers honed and be part of Espresso. It's like this, uh, I love that part. I love the idea of developing um, others um, and then whatever accelerated way they want and what they're comfortable with, we yeah. want to kind of help them out. And so it's, at this point in time, it's like, I want to kind of look at like, what, what are, like how are we going to be on this really um, um, uh, leading edge um, and like well-known company that can, um, that is not just a product people want to buy and customers are using, it's a destination. Yeah. And so given that your, um, I guess, favorite or most often used app is your calendar, okay. are you blocking off space to have some time to relax besides your hiking? How do you just kind of chill out? I, I do. Um, um, I'm, I, I, it usually gets um, uh, I, I gets booked on top of the thing, but right, I'm like I need to make a very conscious effort um, to um, put in some time slots. And I'm actually been working. Like I need to get some time in the middle, um, like even to go work out. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I haven't gone to the gym in two years, so that's one of those things that I want to kind of get back onto. I, yeah. That I did regularly before I, um, COVID hit. Yeah. So are you finding time to socialize? And if I were to have kind of some of your best friends on here, what would they say about you? Is it the same you do at work as, as, you know, out to dinner with friends? Um, if um, I, I'm like, I would love to find some time. I mean, I, I, but also trying to get COVID been a thing, but before that I was doing a little bit of socializing. I'm starting to get back into it. So starting to meet up with friends um, uh, and catch up, or at least let's come up, let's go over here or go, Go on a walk. I went like uh, the other day. I went on a walk with an old friend of mine, uh, company. Yeah. Uh, let's just go for a walk. Um, and how would they describe you? Um, they would describe me as very busy right now. And uh, but that, <laughs> but they, they um um they um uh, they they're, a lot of them are like surprised on where I am. I mean they know they they knew me as a like this geek or the kind of who can build products and engineer. Yeah. Um and they're pretty like how much I've grown in like other aspects. Of, of kind of business and learning it. And um, um, they're, they're all they're very surprised. Yeah. Well, the surprising part, um, not because I know you well, but because when I interview people or I have friends who would describe themselves as a geek and kind of more introverted and want to just like tinker and focus and build is that muscle that needs to be trained and flexed on being front facing as a CEO. And you have to do things like this, like a podcast. You didn't have to, I really appreciate it by the way, sure. but you know what I mean? You have to like put yourself out there and go pitch and schmooze and all the things that 
people don't necessarily uh, get energy from. Um, and I'm, so, yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's something um, 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 that I have to kind of plan. But I, one of the things is like, this is actually something that I, I, I like, I'm not, I have learning and getting used to as far as mm -hmm. kind of a skill pitching is the one and doing these interviews and stuff. But I'm happy to do that because it's like, I'm passionate about what we're building. Yeah. So I wanted. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully you're having fun too. I didn't want to make you just get into the weeds of technology only. I wanted to like I, I, know all of you. So my ultimate question for you is what fuels you? Um, it's really about kind of um, this building a product, this building thing, but this company, I mean, it's amazing um, to be able to see all these people. And, you know, when we do this all hands and see all these faces, and so it's kind of I'm, I'm like when we had a big group of people get on, it was like um, it really moved me. Thank you for listening to the What Fuels You podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com. To provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You.